Hello, and welcome to the Letters from Our Fathers podcast, where we explore the actual history of America's founding fathers from their own written words and personal correspondence, but without modern partisan political ideologies. I am your host, Roman. Now let's learn some real history. Here we are. We have returned. Welcome back, everybody. This is the podcast where TLDR does not apply and the study of history is a way of life. We're going to talk about real history on this podcast, and we're also going to talk about real events that affect real people. And on this episode, we're going to have a little bit of an off episode here. We're not going to talk so much about the letters. We're just going to cover a couple topics. And, you know, the first one that I want to talk about to start off with is um, we got Veterans Day coming up. I always like to mention it for uh, some folks out there who may not be uh, totally aware of it because it's not it's not talked about a lot I think in the in the in society and the media and so on and so forth so I always like to mention it there's a great many people throughout history who have uh, served this country some in the military some not in the military but Veterans Day is you know the day that we try to remember those that did serve in the military and I think about those who served uh, in combat and those who never went to combat sometimes we forget about the folks who just joined the military and they never really see combat, but they're always ready for it. That's the whole point of the military. They're they're standing by ready to go if they're ever called upon to uh, to do something like that. And we have to take some time to remember them, make sure that we never forget. Never forget who they are and what they do. Uh, especially those veterans who fought in wars long, long ago. It's, it's a little bit easier to remember the veterans from recent wars and the veterans who are still with us. A little bit more abstract, perhaps, I don't know, but not for me, but for some folks, to remember the veterans from wars past, like 150 years ago or 200 years ago. We can't forget them because if we forget them, we leave them behind. And we can't very well leave them behind. We have to, we have to remember what they did because it connects us with history. And we are, we are connected to history through the people who came before us, uh, the people in the past who we never met, never knew, but they're, they're always there. They're always in the pages of history. We just have to go looking for them. So a big thank you to the veterans out there who uh, give us a good example of honor and integrity for the most part. I mean, most of the veterans who've served this country in in the military and throughout the 200 and some odd years that we've been around have done so with great honor and integrity. And that's that's a that's a great thing. Not every country can say that, by the way. There's plenty of countries out there that have a military that's just despicable, absolutely despicable group of people in some militaries around the world. But that's not that's not been the case for the United States military. There have been some bad apples in there. Don't get me wrong. Frankly speaking, a great many of them have been uh, at the top of the heap. I've never I've never been a huge fan of the top brass in the military, to be honest with you. Uh, those folks are very problematic most of the time. But the uh the field personnel, the folks who are actually out there getting it done, they tend to be uh, pretty high-quality people. And we should all be uh, very grateful for the service and sacrifice that they give this country, and I certainly am. So remember that on Veterans Day, and make sure you're, uh, if you have children, uh, if you have family, make sure that they're aware of it as well. Make sure that they don't forget. And speaking of uh, the young folks of, the, of America and the children out there in the, in, the, in the United States, and honestly around the world, that connection to history, I want to talk about that a little bit. I do believe that there is an increasing disconnect from, uh, from history, from the people who came before us, from, from where we come from. Not just uh, in the United States, but in the world, you know, the, the events that led up to where we're at today. And I think that's a symptom of putting history on the back burner, just not teaching it. 
You know, schools don't really focus on it as much as they should. I don't think very many parents focus on it like they should. Some do a really good job. It seems to me that some parents are just really good about it, and then other parents just completely ignore it. There's not a lot of middle ground. And I think we do the young people in this country a great disservice when we ignore it, when we don't focus on history. Because connecting young people with history connects them to the people who came before them. It connects them to their communities better. It connects them to the countries that they come from better, the people that they come from. And that can help give them an identity. It can help them feel less isolated and cut off if they feel like they're a part of something bigger that stretches back through time. Like my myself, for example, I, I'm connected to America through, in part, my family and the hard work that they have put into this country. My parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, etc., They've all put in a lot of really hard work for the, to this country, to their lives, to their families, and I'm connected to that because I'm aware of it. I'm aware of it because I'm a student of history. I don't just think about history, the history of the country generally, and the history of these people I never met, like John Adams, Benjamin Franklin, George Washington. I think about the history of my family as well, and it's, it's good to do that. It's good to think about those things because it, it connects us with all these people. What were they trying to do? What was all that hard work for? Why were they doing it? And what is life really all about? You know, you read history, you find out really fast that life is really about struggle, sacrifice, responsibility. The Founding Fathers, I believe, felt like they had a responsibility to their rights. They owed it to their families, they owed it to the people who came before them and the people who were going to come after them. They talk about their posterity a lot. You ever notice that? Sometimes in these documents, these big documents that we study, I'll read to you uh, from the preamble to the United States Constitution, uh, we, and I quote, We the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America, end quote. Posterity. Talking about the future. That's you. Everybody who is a citizen of the United States, that's you. You are them. You are what they were talking about. Probably pretty important to know who the Founding Fathers were. Probably pretty important to know who everybody who, well, every, every type of person, in, in the general, you can't know every individual, but every kind of person that existed between then and today, including the veterans, by the way, since Veterans Day is coming up, the wars that this country fought and why did we fight them? Some of them seem to have been fought for really odd reasons, to be honest with you, but many of them seem to be fought for very good reasons. The Revolutionary War, certainly, the War of 1812, the Civil War, it's problematic for a number of reasons, but at the very least, there was some rationale behind it. World War II, Korea, Vietnam, things of that nature. You know, it's there's a lot of wars out there. I didn't name them all. There's some I didn't name, namely World War One. That was the, what I what I regard as the ridiculous war, the pointless war. Uh, it served absolutely no useful purpose whatsoever for the United States to be involved in that. It was a big big waste of time. And um, unfortunately, threw a lot of men's lives away. That's the kind of thing we have to pay attention to when we remember the veterans, by the way, is don't ever get involved in another war like that. Don't ever get involved in another war like World War One, where you're just throwing lives away for literally no reason that a bunch of politicians got bored on a Friday afternoon or a Tuesday afternoon or whatever it was. A bunch of politicians got bored on a Tuesday afternoon, so they decided, let's throw some American lives away. Let's just crap all those lives away. I get agitated. Anybody, you get me talking about World War One long enough, I will, I will get very agitated. It just makes me angry. There was actually uh, some material. I think I mentioned this before. There's some material written about the last day of the war, World War One, and how military officers literally just sent troops, in, knowing that the war was going to end, like the next day. They literally sent troops in to just get slaughtered for no reason. I'm not making that up. That's a hundred percent factual story. There have been books written about it, and they did it just because they could. If you don't study that kind of history, how do you know that? How do our young people know that? I don't know. 
But I think we've done our, I think we've done the young people of this country a great disservice by putting history on the back burner. I think all that does is contribute to them being feeling isolated and alone. It's really hard to feel isolated and alone if you feel like you're part of something bigger, namely carrying forward the Declaration of Independence, carrying forward the Bill of Rights. You know, there's a sense of purpose in that. There's a sense and purpose of carrying forward history, of being a part of it, feeling like you are a part of history. We all are, by the way. You know, these things don't happen in a vacuum. Uh, no, no man is an island unto himself, and no era in history is an island unto itself. I think young people really do think they are really out there. This, this modern era really has nothing to do with the past from 200, 300, 500, 2,000 years ago. They really just don't think they're connected to it in any meaningful way because they don't study it. Nobody tells them how important it is. They go to school. You know, the public school system tells them, oh, history doesn't matter. That's just a big pile of crap. Don't worry about it. Uh, unless, you know, they, we want you to get worked up about something, in which case we'll teach you a little bit of history, but we'll gloss over most of the details and just teach you the broad stroke. If that, uh, I mentioned before that there's a lot of schools out there that teach World War II history, and all they really teach is like the bombing of Pearl Harbor and Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Everything in between just kind of gets glossed over, and it's all just, bleh, doesn't matter. How do you do that? How in the world do you do that? And how, how, what kind of a story are you missing inside of all that? There's a whole heck of a lot more to World War II than the, than the bombing of Pearl Harbor and Hiroshima and Nagasaki. There's a whole lot more than that. And heck, it wouldn't take any more. I mean, just to cover the the, the, the quick hits within that time period and, and really really get into some of the details wouldn't take you any more than a couple, three days to do that. But heck, they don't even spend that much time on it. And think of all the other things that get missed. So it's, it's, a, it's a no wonder that young people have absolutely no connection with history. And the problem with that is, what's the problem, Roman? What's the problem with that? Why, why, is it, why, is it, why is it important for you to have a connection with history? I've said it before. If, if you want to understand tomorrow, you have to understand yesterday. It's really hard to know where we're going if you don't know where we're coming from. You don't have a complete picture. You don't see the roadmap. And that can exacerbate these feelings of isolation and loneliness and being cut off from society. And don't young people have a problem with that today? Some do, some don't, obviously, but there's, there's an increasing number that do. So I read, anyway. This is what I read. This is what people are putting out into society. There have been articles and papers published about this, and uh, we've seen some examples of people who feel cut off and isolated. And when you don't read history, you sometimes forget that life is oftentimes about struggle. It's about difficulty. It's about responsibility. It's about work. It's about just getting up in the morning and getting the job done. It's not about being happy. That's the other big problem that we have. I've talked about that before. There's no guarantee of being happiness. Nobody, nobody, and I will say this again, nobody in this country or anywhere in the world for that matter has a right to be happy. And young people in this country oftentimes feel like they have a right to be happy. And if they're not happy, something's wrong. And if something's wrong, they get angry. And if they get angry, sometimes they lash out. Because their parents forgot to tell them, you have no right to be happy. The best thing you can tell your children, the most important thing you can tell your children in life is you have absolutely no right to be happy. You can pursue happiness and hopefully you find it. I hope you do find it. I hope you find it sooner rather than later. And I hope you find lots of happiness. But I can't guarantee it. And you may never find it. You could spend the rest of your life, you could live for a hundred years and never find it. And that doesn't necessarily mean that there's something wrong. The worst thing you can say to your kid, probably, I mean, besides the obvious, besides, you know, being just absolutely abusive about life, the worst thing you can say to your children is, I just want you to be happy. I cringe every time I hear a parent say, I just want my children to be happy. I don't think my parents wanted that for me. I don't think my parents ever thought to themselves, I just want my kids to be happy. Because my parents knew, 
And, and it helps when, you, when you're in the military, I think, because both my parents were in the military. Speaking of Veterans Day, that's part of the reason why I remember Veterans Day every year. But part of, the, part of being in the military, you, you really do figure out how hard life can be when you're in the military sometimes, you know? It's hard work. That's why I say, you know, remember the veterans. I mean, even if, even remember everybody who serves in the armed forces, regardless of whether they were in combat or not. Because I'll tell you what, even if you don't go into combat, that's some hard work. Being in the military is no picnic. And my parents knew that hard work, that's life. Responsibility, that's life. And sometimes you're happy and sometimes you're not. And studying history helps you realize that. The Founding Fathers, I'm telling you, some of these guys were very unhappy, at least some of the time. George Washington was not happy all the time when he was in the field getting shot at, obviously. And he was not happy when he was watching his military get destroyed and deteriorate around him at times. He got rather agitated because Congress was not supporting him the way that they should have. People in Congress were not following through on their promises to support the military. Those broken promises almost led to disaster at the end of the war. George Washington was none too happy about that. But he knew that he had a responsibility. He had to see it through. He had to get the job done. To wake up every morning and just get the job done. And he did. You study that man's life in the military when he was uh, serving in the Continental Army as commander-in-chief. You understand that you can be very, very unhappy at times and still get up in the morning and get the job done. Because it has to. Somebody has to do it. That's the value of studying George Washington. That's the value of studying the Founding Fathers. That's the value of studying history. And you find these good characters in history who did some of these great things, even if everything they did in their life was not great, some of the things they did were. And maybe that can give some folks out there a sense of purpose who don't already have it. It's so hard. Sometimes people struggle with that. They find it hard to, to reconcile themselves with how they're going to function in this world. What are they going to do? And it sounds really simple. Grow up, get a career. Go out, work, do this, do your job, so on and so forth. But for some people, they need a reason. They need a purpose. And sometimes that's not easy to find. But maybe if you see your, maybe if you study history and you realize that you're part of something bigger, you're part of, you're part of a generations-long struggle to build something, to keep something going. And maybe you see the founding fathers and you see that that's freedom and liberty. As a part, as living in the United States, we're supposed to keep that going. And it takes a great many people in the United States to keep it going. You can't count on the politicians to keep it going. I, I've been saying that for a while now. If you think those people in Washington, D.C. actually pay attention to the Constitution, actually want to honor it, actually listen to the Founding Fathers, and see it as their sacred duty in life to perpetuate the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence, if that's what you think, then I believe that you're probably wrong. Because uh, most of the time, they don't give a crap. That's why we're supposed to care. We're supposed to carry that forward. So if you're if you're a young person out there, you know, if you're if you're trying, if you're just, if you're growing up, you know, and you, you're trying to struggle, you're struggling for something to find, something to latch onto, you feel isolated and cut off because of this weird society that we live in. You know, they say that, you know, the internet and social media and everything was supposed to connect us all and make us feel more connected to each other. But in, in, in a great many people, it's having the opposite effect. It's actually making people feel more distant, more isolated, more cut off, more alone. I read articles about this on, on a semi-regular basis. Honestly, if you want to feel connected to something real, read some history. Read read John Adams. I mean, if you want a recommendation of somebody to read, there's so much there's so much material out there from John Adams and Benjamin Franklin too, by the way. Read Benjamin Franklin. That's why I'm spending so much time talking about John Adams and Benjamin Franklin on this podcast. They have a lot to say. And those two pe between those two people, they will teach you about the world. They will teach you how the real world works. And if you believe in freedom and liberty, if you believe in the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights, whether you live in the United States or not, if you want to feel connected to something bigger than yourselves, those those are good things to feel connected to. And just continue the work of John Adams and Benjamin Franklin. And in doing that, you can pursue happiness, and maybe you'll find it, maybe you won't. But at the end of the day, at least you'll be able to say that you are a part of something, something bigger than yourself, which I think is the uh, the big ticket item. 
I think everybody should want to feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves, that their life is more than just an enterprise of self, and that their life is in fact an enterprise of something grand, something bigger. And you don't have to accomplish the great feat yourself, you just have to be a part of the idea, the dream, be that the American dream or something similar. And then go forward, teach the next generation where we come from. Teach them about John Adams, teach them about Benjamin Franklin, teach the people around you about it. Encourage them to seek out that information so that we can all be more informed about history and where we come from, where the world comes from. Because for you folks outside the United States, the Founding Fathers, you know, the United States may not be where you come from, but it certainly can be an ideal that you attach yourself to. Like I said before, the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, the, these things are not, these things don't solely belong to the United States of America. They belong to everybody. These are fundamental human rights and human principles that everybody can embrace regardless of where you come from. We're all in this together. You can be a, a citizen or a subject of another nation and still believe in these things. And you can still be a part of it. Trying to make that happen where you live. Trying to see that those rights are affected in some way where you're at, not just in the United States. So I really wanted to address that. I really wanted to address this thing that we have going on. I assume this is all over the world, but perhaps not. Perhaps it's just in the United States. This weird phenomenon we have where we, uh, through not teaching history, we end up having a society that feels more disconnected from itself. You ever wonder why Americans are so angry all the time these days? They've become angry with each other, they've become angry with themselves, and they've also they also have no sense of themselves. I mean, do America does America really have a sense of itself today? It's a no wonder the children in the United States are so freaking confused about so many things. Because we have no sense of ourselves. We have no sense of where we come from. Why? Because, again, history is a back burner subject. It doesn't matter, right? Well, math and science, those things matter. Computer skills, those things matter because that's what's going to help you get a job. Well, I'll tell you what. History is going to be the thing that helps you function in society. It's going to be the thing that helps you think. It's going to be the thing that helps you grow your mind, your wisdom, your common sense, your experience. If you have no experience, the best thing that you can do is lean on the experience of the people who came before you and use their experience to build a foundation from your life from which you can begin to build a framework that you're going to use to carry yourself forward forever. Or you can just try to be an island unto yourself, which seems to be the methodology of the United States these days. That's what they uh, pretty much ensure in the uh, public school system, is you're not a part of anything bigger than yourself. You're just yourself. It's all about you. It's all about your experience. You are an island unto yourself, but you're not. And it's not all about you. It's about people who came before you. It's about people 2,000 years ago. It's about people 500 years ago, 250 years ago, and even more recent than that. This life we live isn't just about today. It's about yesterday and tomorrow. And somewhere in, the, somewhere in all that, in studying all that, you will find your responsibilities, your purpose, your direction. The Founding Fathers have given me purpose in my life. They have given me direction in my life. Studying the letters from our Founding Fathers has given me all of those things. And in one way, shape, or form or another, it probably affects me every day of my life. These words that I read from John Adams, it affects the way that I think. And it gives me his experience. Because now I no longer have to just lean on my experience in my life. I get to lean on the experience of John Adams and Benjamin Franklin and others. And what an experience they had. They built a country. They fought for freedom. And they achieved the kind of freedom and liberty like no other generation that ever came before them, for the most part. And they inspired other people 
around the world. The world changed when the Founding Fathers did what they did. So lean on that experience. Study those people. Spend your time doing that. And by the way, when you're when you're young, when you're when you're between the ages of like 13 and 25, pursuing happiness should be a distant second, a distant second place finisher to what you should place first in your life, which is seeking wisdom and leaning on the experience of the people who came before you, because that's how you are going to begin to acquire your own wisdom. If you want to be the wise old man like Benjamin Franklin, if you want to be the wise old man like eventually John Adams was. Use their experience as a vehicle to get there, because they used the experience of others to get where they were going. John Adams was a great student of history. It's impossible not to notice that when you read his writings, when you read his letters, his books, the things he wrote. He's a great student of history. He knew that he was not an island unto himself. He had to lean on the people who came before him, the experience of the Romans and the Greeks who came before him, to be able to achieve some great wisdom in his life. And he did, by the way. But when you're young, that should be your focus. Because otherwise, you're, if you don't do it when you're young, it's going to stunt your growth. And it's going to be it's going to take you much longer if you ever even get there at all. It may permanently stunt your growth to the point where you never get there. You never you never begin to expand your mind enough to be able to be the wise old man like Benjamin Franklin. So keep your focus on that. If you're one of those young people out there in the United States and there's apparently there's a great many of them who feel isolated, cut off and alone. Best thing you can do, in my opinion, is study history. And you can start with the founding fathers, the good and the bad. Because I've certainly done a lot of that, especially John Adams. I really, I really absolutely uh, admire that man. Fantastic example of, a, of an American. Fantastic example. They don't really get much better than that. So there we have it. Some people might, might, might you know, inquire. It's like, oh, Roman, why are you talking about this? Why are you talking about connecting with history and young people and feeling isolated, cut off and alone? Because apparently we have ourselves a bit of a problem with that in this country. And there's a lot of things that are going to fix that, and there's a lot of things that ain't going to fix that. And just, just focusing on, you know, happiness is not going to get you there. It's not going to fix that. It's probably going to make it worse, because there's always going to be somebody who's happier than you, and so at some point, you might start to wonder why. But I would say it doesn't really matter. What matters is is uh, connecting ourselves with uh, where we've been before, so that we can be connected to where we're going, and acquiring wisdom, so that we can carry that experience forward, and we can be very, very much tethered to something bigger than ourselves. I think that helps a lot. It's helped me in my life. I think I mentioned this before. I've had three great teachers in my life. I never met any one of them. I just studied the material that they that they, that they put out, speeches, books, writings, things of that nature. I've had three great teachers, and every one of them was connected to history. Every one of them. They studied history. They talked about history. Some of it was family history. Some of it was history that goes back through the ages. But all of, all of them talked about history. All of them. And they all studied history. All of them. That's what they all have in common. There are three very different people, by the way. One of them was a military man. Another was a religious man and a businessman. And the other one was just a, a communicator of sorts, an author, a writer, and a, and, a, and a communicator just generally, speeches. But every one of them connected to history, studying history, talking about history. That's not a coincidence. So if you're looking for some direction in life, start there. And history is a big topic. You know, you can start you can start anywhere in history you want to start. But if you want if you want my opinion, obviously, I'm going to say start with the founding fathers. Why not? And if you're going to start within that generation, start with John Adams. Why not? Perfectly great place to start. Or if you want to pick another one, pick another one. Pick Benjamin Franklin. It's a fine one, too. A lot of great material out there from Benjamin Franklin written directly from him. That's the beauty of the founding fathers. They wrote so much. You don't have to go and get a book about about the Founding Fathers, written by somebody who studied them, 
and is now writing some kind of a, a narrative about their life, you don't have to do that. You can go straight to their writings. It's right there. And this podcast might give you some help in that regard as well. It might help inspire you. Which founding father do you want to study the most? What do you want to spend most of your time on? History should be definitely a higher priority in our lives than it is. I really believe that. History should be a much higher priority in our lives than, than it is. I really, it really is a shame that the society, society has just relegated it to, to the back burner uh, of no particular significance whatsoever. It's a sad commentary. And then on top of that, there's people out there that either lie about it, they manipulate it, they try to twist it into an agenda. Very unproductive. That's why, that's why on this podcast, I go straight to the letters, straight to what they wrote. And I just, I read from the letters and I read what these people had to say themselves. Hard to manipulate that. It's hard to twist that into some kind of an ideology. And that's where we learn the truth. You know, and if the young people in our society don't study history, it's not going to take very long at all before we don't even have a country anymore. Because a country that has no sense of itself is no country at all. We will lose those documents. We will lose what the Founding Fathers built if we don't study it. It'll just be gone. We'll wake up one morning and realize it. it's gone. It left a long time ago. That's why I appreciate every single one of you who listens and participates on this study group, this podcast, because it helps to keep the Founding Fathers' voice alive. It's so important. And speaking of keeping a voice alive, you know, I want to return for a moment to the veterans. I was talking to somebody about this recently, how veterans are often not wanting to talk about their service in the military, especially if they saw combat. And for obvious reasons, it's not exactly an easy thing to talk about. It's not pleasant. It brings back memories, memories perhaps you don't want to think about. And I'm not saying every veteran should talk about every single little detail of what they did or didn't do or things they saw or didn't see. But it is important for the veterans to talk about these things to some regard. Find something you are comfortable with and talk about it. And t talk to your children about it. Talk to your family about it. Talk to somebody who will listen about it. Because, you know, without those stories from the veterans that are written down in books and the interviews that the that some of the veterans give about what they, uh, what they experienced while they were serving, we really wouldn't have the kind of, the quality of history that we have available to us. That's so valuable. And if you're somebody who has a family member who has stories like that, make sure that you repeat those stories. Write them down if you have to. But teach the next generation those stories so that they can teach the next generation and on and on and on so that people understand. A lot of folks don't do that, and it's a shame. I don't know how much history has been lost because people just didn't write things down or people didn't tell the stories to the next generation. It's probably a lot, and that'll certainly help the next generation feel connected to the one that came before it, hopefully. I can't imagine why it wouldn't. And one of the reasons why it's so important to know, to study history like I talked about before, for the veterans to tell us their stories especially, and something that we need to be very aware of on Veterans Day, here's something that I, I almost never hear anybody talk about. And honestly, I don't know that anybody's ever actually said this besides myself. I've said it before to certain people, and uh, oftentimes it doesn't get listened to. This country has sent people to fight a great many wars in history. And those wars, most of them were to, were meant to serve a purpose, like World War II is a prime example of that it was meant to really defend the United States of America, but also defend America's allies and to eliminate the threat to, to other peoples around the world. I mean, people forget about this. You know, I mean, I'll talk about this just briefly, like, like just kind of an aside, because I can't think about World War II without ever thinking about this. And this is the value of teaching World War II, really. Um, the thing that people don't ever really understand about World War II, at least most people don't. How in the world did the United States get involved in World War II? Some people might say, well, it was the bombing of uh, Pearl Harbor. Well, you know, that's really not the first part of the story. Why did the Japanese bomb Pearl Harbor? Because they had a reason for doing it. It wasn't just because they wanted to start a scrap with the United States of America, because they didn't, by the way. They did it in part because of an oil embargo 
on Japan. The United States, the United States at the time, unlike today, decided that it was a good idea to actually go get energy from out of the ground to use it to power the American economy and to uh, also export for sale so that other countries could benefit from relatively reliable energy, as opposed to uh, unreliable energy that we rely on today. The Japanese were angry about that oil embargo. They were angry that the United States said, we're not going to, we're not going to, we're going to cut off that oil, you know, because the Japanese needed it. They didn't have a lot of oil of their own. And now, but th then you have to ask the question, why did we do an oil embargo? See, you have to keep following the whys back through time. Japanese bomb Pearl Harbor. Why? Oil embargo. Why? And the oil embargo, in part, was done because of what Japan was doing in China. Well, what was Japan doing in China? Well, it was prosecuting a war in China. Okay, so the United States effectively got into World War II because of China. Yes, that's the answer to the question. Part, in part. It's not entirely the answer to that question, but that's a big part of it. Do you think China is grateful for that today? Nope. Do you think China appreciates that today? Nope. Lesson for the United States, don't ever do that again, I guess. That's the uh, that's the moral of the story. Uh, don't ever help China again, because it really doesn't, it, they, they don't they don't really care. The, the, the thanks that we got for helping China in World War II was they declared war on us during the Korean War. There's another story I'll tell you another time. I'll, I'll save that one for another time. Oh my gosh, Roman, what are, you, what are you talking about? China declared war on us during the Korean War. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. We just decided not to recognize it. Now, I will caveat that somewhat. I mean, Taiwan and China are different. China, when we think, when I, when I say China, I mean mainland China, uh, what most people think of when they think of China. Taiwan these days, I really think of as a separate country. And they are Chinese. That's where they come from. Obviously, it was the Chinese nationalists that left mainland China and then went to uh, Formosa, as once it was called, and then eventually Taiwan. I don't have a problem with Taiwan, by the way. I, ha I have a good deal of respect for the people of Taiwan. I don't have a whole lot of respect for mainland China, specifically the government there. The, the people are kind of a mixed bag. There's some good folks there. There's some really bad folks there. The government is just all bad. And why the United States does business with China and decided to go back there to reopen that country and start engaging in commerce with them after, and, and the whole one China policy after China basically, again, like I said, in the Korean War declared war on the United States and got a lot of United States Marines killed and a lot of United States Armed Service personnel killed uh, is beyond me. Uh, this is another one of those betrayals by the U.S. government uh, stabbing its friends in the back and it's sometimes stabbing its own people, including the United States military in the back. Just FYI. Oh my gosh, Roman, tell us how you really feel. Yeah, I know. Uh, I could go on a whole rant about that, but I'm not going to. I'll, uh, I'll, if somebody wants to hear me talk more about that, just leave a review on the podcast and, uh, maybe I'll talk about that at length someday, uh, because n practically nobody else will. I mean, who else do you ever hear talk about that? Anyway, I'll get back on topic. But the United States has sent American soldiers to war all around the world for a long time, and it was meant to serve a purpose. I will tell you now that everything that those soldiers fought for, Everything that they did, everything that they accomplished, all of it can be flushed down the toilet in five minutes in the United States Congress. I want you to think about that for a second. Millions, millions of American soldiers dead, butchered, wounded, tortured, mutilated, and everything that they sacrificed for, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, freedom and security, safety for their families, their children, for their neighbors, all of it. Freedom, safety, and security for other people around the world. Exhibit A, South Korea. All of it can be flushed down the toilet in five minutes in the United States Congress. It doesn't take long to destroy all this. It takes a long time for soldiers to go overseas and die, in many cases. Four years in World War II. Four years of the Civil War. We've got ten years in Vietnam. 
and so many other wars for so many other years. All of it can be gone in five minutes. I'm not kidding. That's why I say things like voting is dangerous, and people who don't understand history are dangerous. Dangerous people. If you needed something else to remember on Veterans Day, remember that. And if you young folks out there, or if you adults out there who have children, wanted to know why it's so important to teach your children history, that's one big reason why right there. Really hard to defend what those soldiers fought for if you don't understand history. Really doggone hard. I would say it's impossible, because the soldiers go overseas and they fight, and then they come back, and then it's our job to defend what they fought for, to make sure that their sacrifice is not crapped down the drain by a bunch of politicians in Washington in five minutes on the Senate floor, or the House floor, or wherever. That's our job. That's our fight. That's what we're supposed to do. The veterans and the soldiers and the military, they have their job, and then we have ours. And believe me, voting for one po corrupt political party after the next, voting for one corrupt politician after the next, is not doing the veterans a service. It's not. It's not doing the Founding Fathers any favors either, for all the sacrifices that they made. How many of them died while fighting for their freedom that they never got to see? That's the thing about the Founding Fathers. I mean, unlike every other generation that came after them, they never really got to see their freedom. Some of them didn't. They died. They died on their way to freedom. They never actually got to see the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. They never got to see the Declaration of Independence in full effect because the British military shot and killed them. So now that we do have it, now that we do have the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, let's honor those people that came before us, study their history, understand what they went through, why they did it, and make sure that we keep it. Benjamin Franklin said that, you know, you have a republic if you can keep it. We have to keep it. It's often been said it's a lot harder to create than it is to destroy. It's a lot harder to create the United States of America than it, than it will be to destroy it. It can be destroyed, like I said, it can be destroyed very quickly. You know, it took uh, piles and piles of bodies and rivers of blood to create this country. Piles of bodies. Rivers of blood. I hate to be so blunt, and I hate to be so vivid with my description, but how else are we going to understand and I know a lot of you folks out there already get this. That's why you're here. Uh, I, I don't think very many people, especially the people who stick around on this podcast, there aren't very many people who stick around on this podcast who live in the clouds, live in fantasy land. Because people who live in fantasy land couldn't, couldn't handle this podcast. They can't deal with it. They check out pretty quick. But all of these reasons, this is why history is so very important to study. Why the young people need to study history. You need to encourage them to study history. Because the school ain't going to do it, believe me. Because, again, they, they've relegated it to the back burner. They don't give a crap. And it's not natural for people, most people, to understand how important history really is. Especially in modern times. Our society looks so different on the surface with all of our technology. With how far we have advanced over the last hundred years, it's really hard to see underneath of it all. To get through the surface layer and down beneath to see that we really are just the same as we were 10,000 years ago. And we have the same kinds of problems that we had 10,000 years ago. It's really hard to see that for some people. And you have to educate the younger people to see through the BS and see the substance under the surface. And so we will continue to do that on this podcast as we uh, explore the Founding Fathers and what they went through, what they did, the kind of people that they were, the good and the bad. We take, we take the good and the bad. You know, there were some things the Founding Fathers did, or at least some of the Founding Fathers did, that weren't particularly great. But there were a lot of great things that they did do. Some people might ask, you know, me, like, and I think somebody did ask me once upon a time, how can you praise George Washington on the one hand for being a great general, a great leader in battle? And a great president, a great leader, when this country needed somebody who was going to hold everything together and not take advantage of things, not take advantage of his opportunity to power. How can you praise him for that? But on the other hand, chastise him or criticize him, rebuke him for the way he ran his affairs in Virginia, his farm, his plantation, slavery, all these things. 
that seems so contrary to the character of the man. How can you how can you praise him on the one hand and ridicule him on the other? Well, because he was a complicated guy. We all are. We all have things about us that are great and then not so great. George Washington, I'll talk more about this when we do our episode or two on slavery. George Washington was a was born into a, a society that didn't question things like that very well because it had become corrupted by it. The things that we are corrupted by cause us to put the blinders on to not be able to see. It's like an alcoholic that way. An alcoholic really can't see that he has a problem. An alcoholic really can't see the damage that he does around him most of the time until he finally does, and then usually they go out and they get sober. Or they end up dead, one of the two. Slavery is no different. It corrupts, just like a great many other things. And it took a, it took a lot to, to break people of that corruption. It really did. Because that's really all it is at the end of the day. It's a kind of corruption. And if you ever wonder how difficult it's going to be to break the politicians of their corruption, well, that'll give you a clue right there. But all of this is a part of history, and we will continue to study this. Uh, but certainly on a... On a, on a on a day like today, when we get close to Veterans Day, I always want to talk a little bit about that, the reason why it's important to remember and study history and not be so disconnected from it as many people in the United States are. Not everybody, obviously. Not you, not me, not me, but uh, so many people are. But I do once more want to thank the veterans who are out there, the people who uh, have served in the military and the people who are still currently serving in the military. Thank you for, thank you for having the character that you have and the integrity that you have. It's something that this country has depended upon and relied upon very heavily for a long time. And we still do. And we always will. And as long as you're out there, then that's one less thing that we have to worry about. And it's only through your hard work and your dedication to the mission that leaves us able to just not worry about it. Because you've got it. You, you've handled it well. You take care of that on the daily, or at least you did it one time when you were there, when you were serving. Uh, if you've uh, if you've since left uh, the service, I certainly will never forget. And I know that the people who listen to this podcast, the regulars who listen to this podcast, will never forget. So there are a great many of us out there who won't forget. Thank you so much for for your integrity and your character. So I hope you found this uh, episode of the podcast somewhat uh, interesting, informative, educational. Uh, perhaps it uh helps give you a little insight as to the why, you know, history is so very important. Uh, reminds us to remember the veterans on Veterans Day coming up. And every day in between Veterans Day and the next Veterans Day, between November 11th, 2022 and November 11th, 2023, there's uh, so many reasons to remember what this country has been through. This country's been through a lot. The United States really is a, is a young country in, in some respects, but it's also been around for a long time. And we've got a long way yet to go. And we've got to make sure that the, the dream the Founding Fathers saw in their mind, that Declaration of Independence, got to make sure that that's around for another 250 years. It's so very important. And I really hope to see more people around the world embrace the Declaration of Independence for what it is. It is the Declaration of uh, Independence for the 13 United States of America, now the 50 States of America. But like I said, that document, the ideas inside that document, the principles in that document, they belong to everybody absolutely everybody around the world. And I know that there's a great many people around the world who embrace them. Uh, there are people around the world who've never been to the United States who are more American than some of the people who were born here. There are people who were born in the United States, their parents, grandparents were born here. They really are not American. They're just not because they don't believe in any of it. They don't support any of it. But I know that there's many people around the world, probably in the millions who absolutely respect the ideals in that document and in the Bill of Rights, for example. And they are very much, in their heart and soul, American. Because America is not about geography. Not the America that I'm talking about and not the America that the Founding Fathers were talking about. It's not about geography. It's about what's in your mind, what's in your heart, and what's in your soul. 
And for anybody around the world who's listening, who is also an American in their heart and their soul, I hope that you'll continue to join us on this podcast on this journey as we learn from the Founding Fathers. I welcome you as fellow Americans, even if you've never been here, to this country. That doesn't matter. And I hope to see you all on the next episode of this podcast. And I'll look forward to that. I hope you look forward to it as well. And with all of that said, this is Roman signing off. Thank you.